Does your writing feel more like spinning your wheels than making any actual progress towards your goals? Are you not even quite sure what your writing goals are? If that's you, you're not alone and you're in the right place. My name is Amy Simon, and this is the Purposeful Pen Podcast, where we uncover how to build a writing life that brings joy to us, glory to God, and benefit to others. This episode is part of a series called The Journey to Clarity. I've interviewed a variety of Christian writers who have a clear idea of who they write for and what exactly they have to offer that reader. Many times, as we're working through that process for ourselves, it seems like it should be a clear, straight path. Shouldn't we just know one day who we're writing for? Maybe you don't have a clear idea of who that reader is, you aren't sure how to get there, and you feel like you just must be doing it wrong. I want to assure you that you're not doing it wrong, it just isn't usually a straight, clear path. In these episodes, these writers share their own journeys of how they found that clarity. And in most cases, it didn't come as a lightning flash or an email from God. It was a winding process with detours along the way. So I hope these stories will encourage you. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of The Purposeful Pen. Today, I have another guest. I have Kristen Vanderlip with me today to talk about how she came to be writing and serving the audience that she is and how that sometimes it looks a little different, which is honestly why we do this. So anyway, welcome, Kristen. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for inviting me on. My pleasure. So start by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Where are you in the world? What's life look like these days? Yeah, sure. Of course. Well, I am currently in California. Um, I'm on the West Coast, but I am a Midwest native. Um, I am a writer, an editor, a certified writing coach. Um, I am the founder of the Pen and Men Collective, um, and I'm kind of doing some different creative work and different writer writing work. Um, and I feel like I'm at a stage in my life where I am just really, really enjoying what I am doing and serving my people um, and hopefully serving them well. So I am just super excited that you have invited me on to talk about this. Um, I think there's some great conversations that we can have. Um, and I'll say also, just in addition to that, um, I have been a public school teacher, uh, English teacher, um, then transitioned into being a stay-at-home mom full-time. And now I'm kind of in this sweet spot where both of my kids are in school and I have time to just pour into my my creative entrepreneurship um, endeavors. And it's been really, really fun. Excellent. I love it. Um, so who would you say is the audience that you serve now and how, what are some of the ways that you serve them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's one that has created some, honestly, some inner conflict in me as a writer and a creative serving audiences. Um, because in some ways I think I have started to go against the grain of what I have, um, kind of absorbed as perhaps like, um, best etiquette or best practices. Um, I used to be very um, honed in and very specific to a certain niche. Um, when I first started writing and doing creative work about um, almost eight or nine years ago now. Um, but what I am doing now 
is a little bit different. So I'm going to hopefully explain this and it'll be clear and not sound confusing. <laughs> so um, as the founder of the Pen and Men Collective, I am passionate about helping others tap into um, writing as a source of healing and hope. So if there is anybody who wants to um, be on a journey of just finding some inner healing for themselves and to be somebody of hope, and they want to use writing as a tool to support their journey, I want to be a person that helps equip them to do that through the Pen and Men Collective. And so the collective is really just um, a gathering of resources and people um, who want to primarily do that personal work, um, journaling and whatnot. And we kind of just support each other as we are using writing to heal and hope. Um, there are journalers in the collective um, who don't consider themselves writers. There are writers who are publishing books inside of the collective who are wanting to share their words um, and use their writing to impact others for healing and hope. And so in that way, I have a pretty clearly defined audience. Um, it is going to be somebody who has been through something hard, um, some difficult circumstance through some kind of grief, heartbreak, trauma, um, and who really believes that a creative activity, specifically like writing or journaling, like we can use our pens to mend um, the broken uh, pieces inside of us that we carry. Um and so that has been a really um, purposeful and powerful and engaging pursuit of mine in this last year and connecting with my audience this way. It's been really, really fun. I also have a variety of different offerings. So I'm also showing up online as a writing coach. So that audience I'm serving is more specific to people who identify as a writer, who want to publish and share their words. Um, so in that way, my my niche or my niche goes a little bit um, tangential in a different way. Um, I'm also, this is a little bit, um, to me, it seems like it's out of left field. Those who know me are like, no, Kristen, this just aligns with who you are and what you do. Um, I'm now um, calling myself an artist and I am um, creating and selling um, mini oil pastel paintings Um as well. And so I've been trying to figure out how does my art fit in with what I'm doing as a writer? How does that serve my audience? And all of the other different ways I have products on an online shop from writing candles to other types of journals to different products. Um, and really when I kind of take a step back and look at it and look at myself and my work, I'm just serving an audience who has known something hard who has known some type of grief likely, maybe even if they don't recognize it as grief, maybe if it's not as an obvious loss, but it's still, there's something in them grieving. There's something that feels maybe weary in their spirit or a little bit brokenhearted. Like I am serving that person in different ways, be it through writing, journaling, art. I want to tap into story and creativity to support our kind of emotional, mental health. Um, my audience also typically tends to be female. Um, that's not an overt choice, but that's just kind of who I am and who I'm connecting with. Um, and other than that, I would say I don't have any clearly defined characteristics of my audience. So does that kind of answer your question, Amy? Does that make sense? It does. It does <laughs> okay. make sense. And I love that you said that, um, 
you know, you felt like the art and things like that came out of left field, but the people who know you were like, oh no, Kristen, that's just who you are. Right. And I think that happens so many times. Like we try to box ourselves off and say, okay, a a writing life or whatever, like it needs to look this way, but Mm -hmm. ultimately it's all about creating a a life that um, brings joy to us and glory to God and benefits other people. And that's Mm going to look a little different for everybody, depending on who God has made us to be, which I just think is so cool because God made us all differently. We have different strengths and passions and things and and he can bring all of those things together, yes. whether it's art and candles and journaling and like all the different things, but it all just makes sense because that's who you are and that's how mm-hmm. you present yourself and that's how you serve your people. So yeah, I love it. Um, you. you said that that wasn't always your, your thing, your message. Right. Um, what did it look like before? What did the journey look like to get there? Mm-hmm. That's a really, really wonderful question. Um, I'm going to back up in time quite a bit, rewind quite a bit um, to offer a little bit of context. Um, yeah. And then I'll get to kind of where um, I have been and, and kind of where the pivot um, shifted for me or where things shifted. So I am somebody who has always identified as a writer and always identified as a creative person. You know, I was the kid writing books, writing poems, paint, like I, that was always me. And then I just went through a lot of years, several decades of just starting to bury all of that for different reasons, different creative wounds. And I just really struggled to call myself a writer, identify with any writing dreams. Like I had always wanted to write a book and publish a book and just do all these things. And then I just stopped um, for reasons of like more pursuing a more practical career in college to being rejected from art school to having people in my life not understand my dreams and then me kind of growing small and just all these things. Um, And then I know, Amy, you know this part of my story, but um, when I was pregnant with my first child, um, after she was born, she was diagnosed with a fatal condition. Um, And so my husband and I just very young, very newly married, Um, just very newly, even just fresh out of college still, we were so young, we're babies when I think about it. Um, But when when we had our daughter, she had complications at birth that led to um, just this this heartbreaking, um, traumatic, fatal diagnosis. Um, And so we lost our daughter when she was an infant um, due to this condition. And that just, that grief, that loss, it just wrecked my life. there's no easy way to say that it just did. Um, and I ended up using writing as a way of communication and sharing information and sharing story, because during this time, um, both my family and my husband's families were from Illinois. And at this time we were living in Alabama and newly moved there. So our community and support group was very fresh and not well formed. And so most of the people we were keeping in touch with lived out of state. And so I started, I forget what the blog was at the time. It was a very popular like medical blog. And so I was keeping updates about her hospitalizations. And then after she passed, I was just kind of keeping updates about us and our family and how we were doing. And there was something cathartic And being able to share information, even if it was not necessarily me personally processing a lot of my grief, it eventually turned there. 
So I started a blog eventually about kind of my faith journey through that grief and through that loss. And I became less um, self-focused and more outwardly focused for other readers. Because if there's another woman who has maybe just lost a child or who is pregnant and has received um, such a just crushing diagnosis for their child, like I wanted to be able to share my story of grief to hopefully meet somebody else in their story of grief. And so I went that angle. Um that was just, again, like tapping into those healing benefits of writing. I was receiving all of those. It was helping me stay a healthy purpose uh, person. It was giving me purpose. And like you said, I felt like I was glorifying God through this just awful suffering um, and seeing him make good of it. And I had a book idea. <laughs> and I just shared this with my audience for the first time um, a couple of weeks ago, but I was actually angry with God for giving me this book idea because in my head, it was like, God, you knew I always had this dream of writing a book. I don't want it to have to do with the death of my daughter. I don't want this to be the story I tell. And of course it wouldn't have been just that it would have been the story of God's work through that. Um, And so I wrestled a lot with that book idea. I mean, Amy, I had chapters, I had an outline. I had like, I knew everything. It was like, um, Alison Fallon talks about it as a download. I had a download for a book idea and I just kind of told God, no, (laughs) which is always great. Right. So I knew, you know, he's going to keep pursuing me and he did. Um, And we went on to have two healthy boys and it wasn't until um, my youngest son was one and my older son was four that I got really convicted. So this was, I mean, four years of just sitting on it and doing nothing, but still kind of blogging, still growing in my writing, still serving grieving mothers, primarily helping others understand the grieving process. Um, and I just got convicted of like, I need to stop burying my writing as much as I was, I needed to pursue this book idea. And so it was a book idea for a Christian lean nonfiction book. I joined um, what was Hope Writers at the time. I learned about writing a book proposal. I had everything, like I crafted the book proposal. I did all the things. Um, And that was kind of my reader was going to be a woman who is a Christian woman who is going through grief, not specifically child loss. um, And it was going to help her kind of process through that grief without being engaged in a lot of our kind of cultures like plastic positivity and which we even get sometimes as Christians, unfortunately, we get some scriptures used at us that can ultimately cause us a little bit more pain um, instead of hope. And as I was pitching this book idea, um, I had some wise feedback and it was about kind of my reader and the it was kind of the message and the reader and um, the advice from the editor was, or I think she might've been an agent. She said like, I don't think you're actually writing a book about grief. I don't think this is for grieving people necessarily. She's like, I think this is a book about spiritual formation. So while I had honed my audience in specifically to a grief niche, um, not necessarily specific to infant loss. I didn't want it that specific. Um, But she's like, nope, you need to widen your lens, widen your reach, widen your scope to just suffering and spiritual formation. She's like, that's what your story is that you're telling. And I love that because it felt better to me because I'll add Amy when I was just serving in the grief sphere, 
that was really draining to me. And I eventually had to pull completely back because I was so absorbed in grief and not from like a great angle. And it was really draining me. So that actually felt like a breath of fresh air of like, oh, okay, how can I like repackage, reshape this still like write essentially the same book, but it's going to be a bit different. And then I had some more feedback, which a lot of authors get right that my platform was too small. (laughs) I didn't have enough readers. Um, and I needed to just really spend a lot of time refining my reader, serving my reader, growing the platform number to five figures. And I did it. If somebody, I mean, I didn't get to the five figures, but I was like, okay, I'm going to pause this book pursuit and I'm going to figure out how to serve my reader, figure out who my reader is, (laughs) figure out how to serve her well. And I'm going to grow my platform so that I can like help give this book its best chance in the world. And that was actually, um, for me, didn't go so well as a creative and even spiritually, um, that I learned a lot, but it completely drained me. So I'm also somebody who is, I'm a people pleaser. And I noticed that really distorting, um, my pitching process with my book and with serving my reader, because then I got in my head about who is my reader? What does she want to hear? Who is this publisher? What do they want to hear? And I started trying to write for someone else, what I thought they wanted to hear versus what I actually really needed to say, like versus the words that just needed to come out of me through my writing. And when I realized that and that I was just getting burnt out and discouraged and just getting again convicted that that something's not aligning here, I pulled back a lot from this whole idea of serving a reader and some of the messages that I'd absorbed. Um, And I went through a time of just kind of, um, what does Julia Cameron say, Um, of kind of rediscovering myself and my voice um, and healing a lot of that. Um, I also have some just different kind of personal wounding around my voice being silenced. And I just went through this whole period of like, who am I? What is my voice? What does God's voice want to say through me? How can I be honoring to that and get also out of this idea that it was all selfish, (laughs) that to forget about a reader and write the words that I wanted to write or needed to write or believed I needed to write? How could I pivot and like decide that that is not actually super selfish like I had thought for so long? And I kind of just decided to blast through all of the obstacles that were keeping me from being really authentic and healthy as a writer and a creative and as somebody who still lives with grief <laughs> um, and still wants to connect with people who are grieving. And so it was a kind of a time of like some unraveling, pulling back the curtains, letting God kind of reshape and rebuild things. And I still wrestle up against some of the things that industry experts might tell us to do. You know, I think I like one of those things that's really big for me is that pick one, one niche, pick one thing, pick one reader, do that one thing and do it well. And I understand the wisdom in that, but for me, I'm doing kind of four things (laughs) and I'm showing up in kind of four different ways. And I think there's an umbrella 
that kind of connects it all. But at the end of the day, I had to give myself some different permissions, which has led to me to kind of be in the season that I'm in. And so just to fast forward real quick, I've put a pause on that book. It doesn't, it's not done. I'm not giving up on it. I don't think it's done, but it's, it's paused, kind of permanently paused. And in this past year, um, again, like Allison Fallon would say, I got a download for a children's book. This one, yes, specifically to grief. And I wrote a children's book and I now have a literary agent and I'm pursuing traditional publishing and that's its own unique audience. Children who are grieving and their parents is very, very specific. Um, and I'm really um, honored and thrilled and hopeful that this book could serve those audiences, but it is not the only audience, the only reader I've been working with and serving. So I've kind of broadened my scope and learned to kind of listen to the creative voice and our creator's voice. And I think what my writing creative life life looks like now versus eight or nine years ago is drastically different. (laughs) I know that was a really long winded story, Amy, but it's, it's a complicated nuanced (laughs) journey, I think. And that's kind of where, where I've uh, been and where, where I'm landing right now. And it it is a complicated nuanced journey for so many of us. Right. And I think, Thanks so much for sharing that. I think there, there's so much to kind of pull out of that too. Like, first of all, you used your experiences that you had walked through mm-hmm. to not only help you grieve, but also to help someone else. Right. Um, and that's ultimately kind of what what God has for us, right? Take the ways that we've been comforted and go and comfort someone else. Exactly. And so you you did that. Um I find it interesting and honestly not very surprising that it got very heavy to just talk about grief. Like I can't right. imagine sort of being in that space all the time right. to help other people. And I love that that, you know, agent or whoever it was who said, no, this is actually about spiritual formation mm-hmm. um, because it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we know how to do grief in this culture. Right. Um but that's a whole nother tangent. <laughs> yeah, we can have a whole other podcast about that. <laughs> I, right. I, I I love that. And that, but that you were able to find a space that felt better to you, that still yeah. incorporated your story and yeah. the things that you had learned, but didn't feel quite so oppressive and heavy and right. um unhealthy for you spiritually right. either. Right. Um, I think it's interesting that it's almost like you became a slave to that. Okay. I have to build my platform and I have to do all these things and check all these boxes and how much that kind of killed the creative side of you and how many people can share the same story, right? That like, okay, I forgot about being creative and enjoying just writing and creating because like, I have to get more email subscribers and I have to do this just to check all these boxes just so I can even get this book out in the world. Right. But it can feel so frustrating because it's like, well, that, but, but that's the avenue. That's how we do that. Right. That's how we serve people is by getting that book out there. 
But the truth is that's not the only way that we serve people. Mm-hmm. And yes. one of the things that I've tried to talk about with people that I coach or on the podcast or whatever is like, okay, take a step back. What is your actual end goal? What are you trying mm-hmm. to accomplish? Don't have yeah. a book as the end goal because first of all, you're probably gonna be disappointed, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, you're gonna get there. That's like, oh, I wrote a book and it's published. It's out in the world. Like, okay, um, well, yeah. what? and then what? <laughs> But if the purpose is to build a writing life that, Mm -hmm. I say it again, brings joy to you, it brings um, glory to God, and it benefits other people, regardless of what that looks like. That can look like all different kinds of things. That can look like journaling workshops. That that could look like a book or a children's book. (laughs) Or, you know, it can look, or candles. I mean, all different sorts of ways. Um, the point isn't just to get a book out there. The point is yes. to to serve people and to serve God with the things that we have walked through, that we have lived through, that we're passionate about with the unique combination of gifts and abilities and passions that God has given us. And so I think you have done that. You are doing that, you know, and I think God will continue like he is to lead and guide you despite numbers and platforms and all the things um, as you know, okay, well now you have an agent for your children's book yeah. without necessarily being a slave to all the, the platformy things. Yeah. And those aren't okay. bad things to do. Right. But if that's our goal, mm-hmm. like, I think we're just looking at frustration and burnout and nothing yeah. helpful or useful. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think one of the things that came to my mind when you were just talking was that one of the artists, um, one of my favorite artists that I just love and I follow her and learn from her, Emily Jeffords, she has um, a podcast. I think she even has a course called this. Maybe I don't know if she's changed the name of it, but she always talks about doing it for the process, and especially as a creative and as a writer. And I love how you said it. Like it's about having a healthy, joy feel, joy-filled relationship to your writing life. It's just about engaging in a lively, healthy writing life, an emotionally, spiritually healthy writing life. And it's the process of it. It's the life, it's the journey. And beautiful things can come from it. Like you said, whether it's a book or a different creative offering or whatever it might be. But I think you're right. If we can kind of pivot some of our goals, I still have a goal of traditionally publishing a book. That's not going to change, but that's not why I'm doing what I do. And I think yes. I, I've always kind of known that, but it is, it's, it's when we let other things start to have a greater voice and kind of get in our way. And they can be very good things, just like you said, right? It is so good for us to serve other people, <laughs> to serve our readers. For me, um, you know, that in the industry, we kind of talk about um, developing a relationship with our readers so that they know, like, and trust us. I think that that is so important. I stand by that. I believe in that. But then it does, it comes down to how are you showing up though relationally, you know, with God, with your writing, with your creative craft? Um, How are you doing that and having your priorities straight while you're also doing that. And so it's almost like, as I have learned how to kind of steward my passions and my dreams and my gifts and hold them also a little bit um, loosely, right. (laughs) Not having so much control of what that's going to look like. Um, The other things have just kind of happened a little bit more naturally instead of feeling like I was white knuckling 
forcing it of like, oh, I'm going to get really black and white in my thinking. And I have to have like, I do do a weekly email now, but at the time I was like, how do I do a monthly email? How do I do a weekly email? How do I post every day on Instagram? And like that, and then I will just, I'm like, that's, I have grace for myself <laughs> and for anybody else who is do, doing that. Like, again, it's a journey. It's a learning process. We start with some things that are good goals, but ultimately, like you said, like, where is that kind of giving us joy? Where is that draining us? And to just be really um, aware of these different, you know, some people, I'm a big feelings person, <laughs> but like, what kind of are our feelings indicating to us? What kind of direction are they revealing to us? And so I'm big at paying, paying attention to energy and emotions. And I think God can help direct us through those things and not primarily working through those, but um, alone without God's help, but all that to say of just paying attention. And that's been like a big theme in my life for a number of years now, is just paying attention and listening to that greater voice of God in my creative life, in my spiritual life, and letting that be the first thing and letting different experts' voices become kind of the second thing. And it, and it is working out. And they, they're finding kind of their place together. And, and there's some advice I'm like, that, that advice just is not for me. It's not going to work. And I'm learning that that's okay. I'm learning that it's okay to kind of do your own thing. Um, one other thing I wanted to interject here that um, I found interesting to my own journey is that specifically for writers um, who are wanting to pursue traditional publishing and who are thinking of their readers and very literally writing about their readers and their book proposals and all of that, um, for me, like I said, as somebody who had some kind of maybe toxic thinking around people pleasing and performance and all of those things, um, and really kind of overvaluing the voices of agents and publishers. Um, like I remember one of the rejections that I received for that, um, original book that I was writing, um, was they saw it was marketed as a grief book and they just said, we can't take on another grief book. The market's oversaturated in grief books. And I just thought <laughs> I was just so disheartened because first I'm like, wasn't the world oversaturated in grief? <laughs> like, right. I don't think that there's like, <laughs> I think we, cause there's a cap on grief. <laughs> I know. Right. But there was just, and there'd be like certain pieces of feedback that I would receive in rejection where at the point where I was, I let that voice take over and really start to hinder me again. And something that helped me in my kind of recovery healing process as a creative and a writer was to kind of regain some autonomy and control to not put the future of my writing or creative life in the hands of somebody else but to allow myself some control. And I know that can seem scary for some of us because it's going to sound like, oh, I'm trying to be too controlling and am I going to leave enough room for God to work? And it's like, yes, I had to realize I valued um, agency and autonomy. And so that's where I found some really like a sweet spot in self-publishing. So like the journal for lament that I've created, I created that entirely on my own. It is a self-published endeavor. I have a beautiful, high quality product. I stand behind it. I love it. I could not have done that work with a publisher at this point in my life. And to be able to just be like, again, like kind of like a creative download from God to just feeling really inspired and convicted to create this journal. 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to create it and I'm going to do it through self-publishing. That was a beautiful thing and continues to be a beautiful thing for me. And so it's like, now I'm kind of tapping my toes in both self-publishing and traditional publishing. And again, it's been broadening my perspective while still also honoring just my dreams and my talents and, you know, the passions that God has put on my heart. So I just want to add that little piece in there too. Oh yeah, definitely. And I I was going to mention that too. Like, I think one place where we can get stuck sometimes is trying to figure out like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know, does the audience come first or does the message come first? You know, do we decide Um, do we write the message that we feel passionate about and then try and find the audience that, that needs that message? Or if we kind of have a little bit of an audience, like, do we figure out what they want and then write what they want to hear, what we think they want to hear or like how, because then you're right. That can really fall into, well, I'm just trying to please my audience or I'm Mm -hmm. just trying to please this publisher or this agent who said, this is what I need to do. Yeah. And there's that tension between, well, we are supposed to serve our audience, but in a sense, I almost think, you know, maybe the message comes first in -hmm. a way where it's what we are designed to offer. Mm -hmm. And then God will bring the people who need that message and who resonate with our voice, with how we present that message, you know, because there's always going to be other people. I mean, there's plenty of, there's lots of grief books, right? right. but there's no grief book or grief journal or anything like that, that presents it quite the way that you do right. because they don't have your story and right. they don't have your perspective and your gifts and your passions. Um, and so the people that resonate with what you have to offer are going to become your audience. And then right. you're doing what God made you to do. And they're like, yeah, great. We're along for the ride. This is cool. Yeah. I mean, I think you just articulated that so well, Amy. I think I did feel almost like that chicken and egg situation that like what comes first, that they're both coming together and it was just overwhelming me. But to get to a point of where like, let me get back to this message and like this creative heart and fire and inspiration I have. Let me just be true to that and create from that and trust almost that those who resonate and identify with it will be drawn to it. And it will be like a natural thing versus where I felt like, and this is for me personally, you know, other people might have a different perspective. Like you said, we're all a little bit different here, but I I started to feel like I'm trying to chase down readers. I'm trying to like knock down their doors. Like give me all the readers. Let me tell you what my message is and why it matters. And first of all, like that's so antithetical to like who I am. That's not who I am. (laughs) And it's just like, I can't chase readers, nor should I, nor should I, nobody wants that really. I don't think, um, let me trust that I'm going to be in these spaces. I'll be on Instagram. I will have an email list and I'm going to share from my heart, my messages. I'm going to create what I feel like God is creating through me. And I'm going to put it out there and I'm just going to trust that those who find it will find it. You know, I'm not going to be lazy in it. I'm not going to not try to steward that act of putting it out there. Um, but it was just like you said, it was a shift for me that kind of broke me free from that tension of like, oh, there's so much. And which one do I do first? And how do I do it all? And like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then like, for me, that just led to just really, I don't even know if I would call it creative burnout, 
but just feeling completely discouraged and, and defeated at times. So thankfully, God never leaves us where we are, right, Amy? Like, amen to that. No matter what is happening, like, we, I feel like as long as we're listening, we're going to be learning, you know? Definitely. Definitely. I love it. Well, it's such a neat conversation. You know, this is such a nuanced, it, we can have models and systems for trying to figure out, you know, how, how do you figure out who you're writing for and what you have to offer them? Um, and those are helpful, mm-hmm. but there's just times when that's too constricting and, and that mold needs to kind of stretch and, um, be a little more accommodating. Um, and that mold can be too, um, too restrictive and get us stuck. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my hope and prayer is that this will be helpful for listeners who are feeling stuck, constrained, like they can't just Mm -hmm. be themselves or they feel like they're being a slave to the numbers or what other people have said, or what they think this is supposed to look like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I want this to bring them a a sense of freedom to do what God has called you to do and be a good steward of it. And he'll take care of it. (laughs) That's your job. So Mm -hmm. tell us where people can find you. You've mentioned some of your things already. Mm -hmm. I love, I I've seen not in person, but pictures of your lament journal. It looks gorgeous. I've recommended it to friends of mine who, um, have been dealing with grief. Um, but you've got your pen and mend journal workshop. Tell us about all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, right now I've got, like you said, I have my journal for lament called rest and that's available exclusively on my website. Everything is on my website. So my website is just my name, kristenvanderlip.com. So um, I've got a shop there with my lament journal. I've got different writerly goodies that I've kind of mentioned that you can find there as well. Um, the Pen and Mountain Collective, um, like I said, it has um, offerings like weekly journal prompts, um, monthly uh, access to my monthly journaling workshops that I host. My journal workshops are open to everybody, um, but as a Pen and Mountain Collective member, they get access to those for free um, or just complimentary with their membership. We also do um, like quarterly meetups. We do monthly writing rooms. So I'm doing all that with the collective. We're actually going to open Doors again to new members in September. Um, doors are kind of open quarterly for the collective there. Again, like I said, I'm doing monthly workshops open to everybody. Um, I'm doing coaching. I'm doing art, doing all the things, Amy. Um, I have um, also just a separate email list um, for weekly emails that I call the Jotters Corner, where I'm just sending out just weekly jottings and just weekly thoughts about things that are kind of sticking with me that I've jotted down, resources, tips, tricks, inspiration, um, that kind of thing for um, creatives. And um, all of these things, like I said, can be found um, on my website, kristenvanderlip.com. And then um, I do really primarily only like Instagram right now as a social media um, place. I'm I'm on different places. You can find me there, but um, Instagram is my favorite place to be online. So um, my handle again, is just my name, Kristen Vanderloop. It's pretty easy. I hope for people to find me if they want. Awesome. And I will put all that in the show notes so people can find you too. So thank you. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, for sharing your story and um, all the nuances of what that has looked like. So I very yeah, much appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for just, just offering this conversation too. I, I love it. Very fun. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found it helpful in your writing journey. Please take a look at the show notes for links and resources that were mentioned in the episode. I would love to continue the conversation with you on Instagram. You can follow me there at Amy Simon Writer. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear about it. And you can help the podcast grow by subscribing and sharing it with others who might benefit as well. May you build a writing life that brings joy to you, glory to God, and benefit to others. Thank you.